Good evening and thank you for joining us for episode 8, part 4 of our Back to the Start series. We're going to be wrapping up the book of Amos. We're going to be looking at Amos chapter 9, verses 11 through 15. But before we do, um, it's kind of bittersweet that we're wrapping up this four-week series that's really been focusing on how our spiritual walk with God affects our pursuit of righteous justice. And we've been asking questions like, how can we get back to the roots of our faith? Or, how can I return to my Christian devotion? Uh, One way I think it's good to look at tonight is uh, one of my favorite podcasts had a really great article on um, what the Danish people are doing with a group uh, defecting to ISIS. And just listen to this. One small Danish town uh, responded to young Muslim men leaving to join ISIS in Syria. Instead of condemning the young men and describing them as terrorists, two police officers got together and declared that they would welcome uh, people uh, who were defecting to come back, and when they did, they would be connected with several resources that would help them reintegrate into Danish society and culture and make them feel more at home. One of the cool things is that of the 34 boys that defected and left town, 18 came back and had been connected with local police officers. And then hundreds of others had flocked from the rest of Denmark back to this city. And I believe this can be the application that these Danish police officers did something different when it came to handling young men who were trying to join ISIS. They welcomed them with open arms that many would have rejected. And even knowing that they were possibly involved with terrorist activity in Syria, it didn't matter to them. They extended a courageous and a confident grace to them instead of punishing them. And you see, I think this teaches us a lesson about God, and also Amos teaches us the same lesson as well, that our sin is not a mystery. God knows and he sees it all. But because of Christ dying in our place, we are forgiven and can live in the light of his marvelous grace. And that's really where Amos chapter 9 picks up. So kind of picture that that great story uh, of the Danish police officers inviting back those who defected to ISIS as we read Amos chapter 9, verses 11 through 15. And this is what it says out of the voice message. After that happens on the day that I choose, I will rebuild the dilapidating house of David from its ruins. Mend the holes in it, rebuild the wreckage, and restore it just the way it used to be. Then they may possess what remains of Edom, including every person among the outsiders who had been called by my name. Verse 13. So says the Eternal One who will make this happen. The day is coming when one following will overtake one ahead, when the person plowing the field will overtake the person still reaping the grain from the last season, when the person... Stomping grapes will overtake the person planting the vineyard. And in that fertile day, new wine will drip from the mountains, and the hills will flow with it. I will restore the captives of my people Israel. They will rebuild their ruined cities and return to them. They will plant new vineyards and drink new wine from them. And they will plant gardens and eat the food they grow. I will plant them in their own soil, and they will never be uprooted again. For this is the land that I had given them. So says the Eternal One, your God. 
And as we read through this, we really catch a few topics. One, we catch one of God's promise, that whenever God makes a promise, he always keeps it. That two, that even though the first eight chapters of the book of Amos are really disheartening, there's always an invitation to grace that we find in chapter 9. And lastly, there's always this, this, this theme of repentance, that there's always an opportunity to come back to God, even though we really might mess up really bad sometimes. Despite the selfishness of his people, God never changed his mind about sending his plan of salvation to the world, which was Emmanuel, Christ with us. God's incredible grace means that he will never give up on his promise. And it's never too late to turn from our sin and turn towards his justice. For followers of Jesus, this story of his life, his death, and his resurrection is the absolute epicenter of our practice, our belief, and our worldview. It is the central event which generated the entire Christian story and the New Testament. One of the things I want to talk about in our podcast tonight is about this theme of exile. Because these events don't occur in some vacuum of time somewhere. That Jesus saw himself fulfilling a larger storyline that was told in his Bible, the Hebrew Bible, or as we refer to it, the Old Testament. One of the most important events in the Old Testament is something called the Babylonian Exile. This exile alone left its mark on Israelite history in an unparalleled manner, and it played a key role in the formation of the Bible itself, and it plays a key role in the consciousness of the nation of Israel. For the Israelites, the exile was that moment of their history on which the entire Bible gains significance that everything else orbits around the gravity of this faith-shaking moment. Here's the important part I want us to get, that the entire national structure of the kingdom, which was thought to be ordained by God himself, came crashing down around them. This event fulfilled centuries of prophetic writings and warnings, as hundreds of years of culture, tradition, and history was destroyed in just about one year. This was their day of the Lord, and it left them absolutely devastated. Just to give you an idea, they were literally taken from their land, their temple was destroyed, and they even lost their identity. And many times, their names were literally even changed to reflect the culture that were in them, and we definitely see this in the book of Daniel. If you want to catch a glimpse of what they went through, a great place to start would be the book of Lamentations. If you want to look at some somber reflection of what it felt like to live through the tragedy of Jerusalem's destruction and the people's enslavement under Babylonian rule, we can really have a hard time understanding really how uh, to go through a situation like this. In Amos, we see something similar. We see that the Israelites are going to find themselves under exile again. This time, they're going to find themselves under the exile of the Assyrians. And a key to Amos is that they will need to remember God's promises of the past. 
this thought process of exile is huge because it really guides their thoughts. It really guides how they see God making his promises come true, not only individually but for their nation. Because, you see, this was a group of people that knew exile and knew wandering well. I mean, they were slaves in Egypt, and God delivered them by outstretched hand of Moses into the wilderness for 40 years, and then they crossed the Jordan and were able to come into that that great and marvelous promised land just to experience all kinds of wild things due to belief, unbelief, and sin that really kept them in a lot of trouble. And then we get to this incredible scene in the book of Samuel where the people cry out for a king that the nation ruled by God is no longer good enough, that theocracy that was God's idea is replaced by a monarchy where a king sits on the top and hopefully submits to God, which we see in the Old Testament that often doesn't happen. And then the people constantly have these cycles of sin that they really cannot break out of. You see, after spending decades in a foreign land under foreign rule, the Israelites in this story are allowed to return home but under another rule, under Persian rule. And unfortunately, this offers only a false climax, that the people's hearts and spiritual state is just as broken when they get back home as when they left in the beginning of the book of Amos. But this is the great part of the story. That hope for the future was coming, and it was coming in the person of Jesus. Another interesting point is that going through the book of Amos can feel super discouraging when we think of all the ways that we individually and even corporately have fallen short and ignored and mistreated the people around us, just like Israel and Judah did. We can take comfort that there's always hope, that there's always grace around the corner, and that there's always an opportunity for repentance. The conviction that we feel is only the beginning because it's Never too late. You see, God promises Abraham that through his descendants, goodness and blessing will be back into the world as it originally was intended to be. To one of the descendants, a man named Judah, God promises a great king will come from his line and that this king will be the one who destroys evil and fulfills the promise God made to Abraham. You see, Amos reminds us that one by one, the kings of Israel fell short. In fact, they fell well short of destroying evil. In fact, evil destroys them. And then the Old Testament ends with the book of Malachi, and still no such king was promised has come to do what God has asked. And then we get to the book of Matthew and the very beginning of the New Testament where we're introduced to a king who's going to fulfill all the promises of God. And this is the the Messiah, it's Jesus. So we have to ask ourselves, what does Messiah mean? To the Israelites, the Messiah referred to the king God had promised would defeat evil and bring goodness back into the world. You can think of it as a returning to pre-Genesis chapter 3, that before the fall, God is making things right. 
By coming from the line of David and Judah and by combating evil throughout the world, Jesus literally fulfilled every definition of the Messiah, meaning that this is exactly who the Israelites were looking for. Yet most of the Jews didn't realize that Jesus was the Messiah when he was literally right in front of them. Consumed by the evil Jesus came to destroy, they killed their only Savior and the Son of God himself. This seems like a really tragic ending to a story. It seems like Jesus dies and the credits roll and that's it. The screen blacks out. But just like many movies that have secret endings or uh, some fun trailer to show what's going to come next, we see that the stone rolls away and Jesus is raised up again and it changes the entire story. It fulfills the promise that God made all the way back in the Garden of Eden. That evil had struck the Messiah's heel, but the Messiah Jesus would still crush evil's head. By rising from his tomb, Jesus gained the ultimate power over death and evil and gave his followers power over death and evil as well, dealing Satan a huge and fatal blow. Today, Messiah Christianity still prevails. Like the ancient Israelites, we too must now wait for Christ's return before we can truly celebrate the victory over evil. Nevertheless, the battle has already been won, just as God promised it would be. And one uh, final thought before we ask some questions tonight is, in this passage, God promises that he will plant Israel in their own land, never again to be uprooted. That's directly out of verse chapter, sorry, verse 15. Uh, whenever I was contemplating this little section, will plant Israel in their own land, never again to be uprooted, I went and checked out some blog posts about uh, tree roots. And I found one that was kind of interesting. It says, under ideal soil and moisture conditions, roots have been observed to grow to more than 20 feet or 6 meters deep. And I thought about this, that essentially what God is saying is, whenever Jesus comes, your roots are going to go so deep that you'll never be uprooted again. Whenever problems come, whenever sin comes, you will have everything you need to triumph in this life. And so, just a few questions to contemplate as we end our evening together and wrap up our Back to the Start series is what is one thing from tonight's podcast that stood out to you in this message? What is that one thing that encouraged you? What is that one thing that's going to change your week? Two is why would God still send Jesus to restore everything? I mean, even after... All of his people turned their back on him so many times. What does this tell us about God's character? What does it tell us about us? Our third question is, how should this affect the way that we interact with God? And lastly, how should we treat others knowing what we've learned? Knowing the story of Amos, will it really make us have more grace with people, maybe more grace with ourself. And so as we wrap up this Back to the Start series, I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you found encouragement in it uh, to be reminded of 
the promises of God, that he keeps his promises, that he always has grace around the corner, that there's always opportunities for repentance. And so join us next week as we uh, kick off a new series uh, that's called Messy, uh, where we're going to be looking at uh, how God intends for us to love one another and also uh, loving maybe people that we don't like. Uh, Our tagline for the next few weeks is going to be, Loving Others Isn't Easy. And uh, this should prepare us well for upcoming Valentine's Day. And so uh, I hope you'll join us for uh, our messy series. Have a great night, and I hope this podcast has blessed you throughout the last few weeks.